Good afternoon and welcome to NFTs Live. I'm your host, Tyler D. It is Friday, April 8th, a cloudy and cold day here in Chicago. We are back after taking a week off. I was on a family vacation in Charleston and Isle of Palm, which was fantastic. Was great to unplug, lots of family time, lots of sunshine. And seemingly my vacation kicked off an NFT bull market run. So everyone, you're welcome. It feels like a quiet before the storm period a little bit this week in NFTs, but still a ton going on. I've got Brett Ritchie on with me today to break it all down. Brett, how you doing? Doing good. Good to have you back. Let's get into it. Let's do it. So on the docket for today, we're going to start with the macro view, talk, take a look at the Dune dashboard, the weekly movers, and then some predictions for, for this bull market cycle. We're going to talk Vayner Sports and their gas disaster. Logan Paul entering the fractional game. Some big news from the Moonbirds team ahead of their project drop. We're going to hit the, some additional weekly market movers from some new projects stealing headlines. We're going to touch on one of ones and two big sales this week highlighted by DK Motion. And then we're going to end with some upcoming drops led by Drifter Shoots um, and some, some big reveals pending. And then that'll be the first half of the show. Then we'll be back for a second part of the show where we will be interviewing Gabe from Bitlectro Labs to talk about their pending Dreamers VX airdrop, along with his views on launching into this current market. So uh, two-part show, a lot to cover. Let's get into it. First story of the day, let's start with the macro view of the NFT market. We're going to show here the Dune Analytics dashboard uh, and take a look at some of the daily candles. I think starting in the left, we are on April 8th. And we've, we've almost already crossed the billion dollar mark. So definitely a, a much faster start to the month of April than we had in March, which is always good. And then we can see why here on the daily candles to the right. So clearly that the trends have shifted. It was down only from early February all the way into mid-March. And now it seems like we are back on an uptrend. We are hitting higher lows and higher highs, which is everything that you look for and you know, entering a new bull market cycle. Uh, all of this punctuated by our highest daily candle in about six weeks, which happened on Sunday, where we came in at around 173 million. So the fundamentals, the daily, the daily candles, liquidity appears to be back in the market. Things are looking up. It's great to see. Um, I wanna talk about the bull market, but I, I wanna, before we do that, I wanna break down a little bit of what happened this week and what drove that revenue. So we'll, pull over to the Flips Finance Board and take a look at uh, the big movers. So first off, we had Azuki, 18,000 ETH traded on the week. What's not shown here is the beans, their airdrop, which came out last Thursday, that did about 12,000 ETH. So they combined for about 30,000 ETH. That definitely drove all the action last weekend. The Azuki 4 marched all the way up to about 34 ETH before retracing to the, to the high 20s where it's at now. Then we started playing musical chairs to a degree and the money started flowing down from Azuki's. So Clone X was the next big winner. 
They did 14,000 eighth on the week. They, they crossed the 28th threshold, I want to say on Monday, before retracing back to the high teens. Um, Doodles saw some action. Uh, I think they got up to 17 or 18 at one point. They're still back at 16. Cyber Brokers was a big winner of the week. They got all the way up to six at one point before retracing a bit themselves. So that was the, the big headlines of the week. It started with the Zookies, went to the other blue chips, being Clonex, Doodles. And now it's starting to rotate to some newer projects, which we'll break down uh, a bit later on in the show. Um, Brett, a few questions for you. One, do you think we've peaked in this new bull market or do you think we're just getting started? Um, I would lean more toward get, just getting started. In my opinion, the reason for like the drop in these prices, one, it was a pretty extreme run up in something like the Zuki. But two, you have, as you mentioned, two of the most anticipated drops of the whole year coming this month with Moonbirds and with the Board Ape land. So um, people, I think the market is like, hey, maybe let's free some liquidity up for that because you really don't want to be there like the day of the drop, the day before trying to free up liquidity. Everybody's going to be trying to do that. And buyers are smart enough to realize, you know, if everyone's trying to dump now, I can be a little patient with my buys. So I think, I think to me, it's more, it's anticipation of what's to come. People are kind of sitting back a bit as opposed to saying like this run has cooled off. We need to get through those drops first uh, to determine uh, whether it's still a bull market or not. Yeah, and no, I tend to agree. I think the the case for it being already having peaked is like the typical cycles. You start at the very top, and then it's all trickle down. And we started with BAYC and the Ape Coin drop. Those went nuclear, drove all the liquidity. Now it was Azuki's and Clone X as the beneficiaries. Uh, that was kind of last week, and then this week's story is lower end tier and new stuff. So that's uh, kind of a quick three week view of a standard cycle, but to your point, I think these next huge drops coming with Moonbirds and Yuga Land happening in April will be enough to sustain uh, a bull market, uh, from at least from a liquidity standpoint, and propel us into May. At least that's what I'm hopeful for, but certainly we will see. I mean, um, I think Yuga Land, that, right, that's going to bring money into NFTs from a lot of money from outside of NFTs. It's also going to shuffle around money that's within NFTs. But just from like a macro perspective, I do think Yuga Land is going to be a big positive. A lot more money coming into NFTs from out that's not currently in NFTs than money that's leaving NFTs. I'm with you. I'm curious. Do you have thoughts on when do you think Yuga Land will drop this month? I mean, they haven't. And I like, you know, it does seem it's going to be toward the end of the month now since it hasn't been announced. But they also, I mean, if they gave a few day warning would i be that surprised no um i'm curious if that kyc form that we filled out um is like some sort of whitelist or or some sort of gate to get the land because it was through the gaming partner animoca did this whitelist so i'm curious uh about that i hope it is just because i did it so <laughs> i would like less competition for the land but yeah I, I i'm guessing end of the month but you never know yeah same. I'm, I'm targeting in the month for that, but they're famous for Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern, dropping their announcement, and it could be, you know, just 12 hours notice. And the um, other and thing it, is, like, if it is a more surprise um, announcement, people kind of, people I think are kind of thinking, oh, we'll have time. Um, you know, that's going to definitely cause a lot of floors to drop if they were like, hey, it's 12 hours on a Friday. Till yeah, I drop. think we would see 10 to 20% drops across the board. be big drops, Yeah. 
Um, second question, thinking about this next bull market cycle, what are your predictions for the theme? So kind of bull market one last August was art blocks driven. And then this last cycle that was January was PFP mania. So have you given thought to bull market three here? Do you think it's PFP mania continued, utility mania, or something else? That's a good question. I think, I think that um, PFP mania is hard to uh, discount. Um, I, I, I don't know. The utility, like a lot of the coin, you know, the stuff, projects that have coins, like there's going to be more of these coming out. Um, you know, I personally like to buy these, these more random sets like lore based, I think is pretty cool. Like what if somebody has a, um, you know, a show coming out or like, or, um, some other type of content, I think that could be cool, but do I see like a whole meta around that? No, I think that'd be more like one, one or two projects kind of shine through with that. Um, I'm, I'm still going to stick with PFPs. I think it might be maybe like more low mid tier PFPs with, with, if more retail masses come in. Um, you know, they're not just going to pop off for 20 ETH on a Clonex, right? They might buy um, a house phases for 1.4, whatever that is. Interesting. Yeah, I think I'm with you on the PFP. I'm slightly different where I think the theme is going to be consolidation into the winners. And I think we're going to see a huge gap up top with the what I'll call the blue chips and quotes just continuing to level up and then everything else kind of staying down in that three to five ETH range, maybe even below. So those, that's my hot take for bull market three. We will certainly see how it starts to progress. Let's get into our next story. So one of the most anticipated stealth drops, it, it, it was a stealth drop, so to speak, this week was from the Vaynerchuk's, the Vayner Sports Pass uh, that was supposed to be proof collective for sports. Um, so this was widely anticipated we got about 24 hours notice it was a 0.15 ETH mint for about 15,000 supply um and then everything went off the rails all tied to let's call a spade a spade a, a shitty contract uh some some bad planning overall um so basically what what happened was they didn't have really any type of gas controls they weren't using the ERC 721a which has become such a standard for new mints. Um, and of course, with so many people vying for the mint, the effective price ended up being, I wanna say between 0.6 ETH and 0.8 ETH for most buyers. And then the final tally was like three X, the proceeds went to gas fees, then went to the, the primary sale. I think it was like 24 million spent on gas, 8 million uh, in the primary sale revenue for the NFTs. Um, so that's a bad outcome. It, it caused a, a ton of FUD and the market has reacted accordingly. So uh, if we go to their page, it's sitting right at 0.4, I think a little bit below 0.4 here uh, today, um, so, which is above mint 0.15, but well below what the average cost basis was for most. So I'm curious for your reactions to this drop and or how they've been handling the, the postmortem. Um. I think it was a cool idea, right? Like the Vayner Sports is a legit um, sports agency. They have Sean O'Malley. They have, I know the leading, I forget his name, but the leading tackler in the NFL last year. Um, so they have like some some pretty legit, well, no, I'm maybe missing a ton of other people too. Um, so legit thing. I feel like if you're a V, whether it's Gary or AJ, um, 
you you shouldn't try a stealth drop like you're just too popular right there's too much demand i think it's better to take your time and be like here like we're going to outline like steps and, and even potentially put push the space forward with like a new dynamic there's a ton of people that would like to help out even they said look we fucked up like this is an egregious drop like they really dropped the ball 26 million going to minors you know that's that's ridiculous the these guys know better um and then i think the market kind of reacted to that i had the drop gone better these might be over in east um so i'm in it too and i i sold them um for about break even only because mm -hmm. i got a rare um it, obviously the floor i would have lost i paid like i think 0.58 each um so got but it. i was in a little earlier i know it got a little more expensive yeah like i was in the wrong contracts and part of the problem was they had a, they switched contracts i was there too yeah was neither were verified um, so I think my average was, I meant to two as well. My average was about 0.7 and I'm certainly down. I haven't sold mine. Um, I'm still cautiously bullish on these long-term. So far, everything with the V brother attached to it has been a home run. Um, and I think the idea here is cool. I'm hoping that AJ has kind of a chip on his shoulder um, or at least wants to do people right, you know, after, you know, such a disastrous launch. Um, <clears throat> You know, one thing, of course, the planning was terrible and these guys have to be smarter than that. But what I will say is the reason it was a gas war is because they had insane demand for a yeah. 15,000 NFT set that we didn't really know that much about. So that, that goes to speak for the demand that the Vaynerchuk brothers have in the NFT space right now. Um, so I'm holding, I'm be watching this one. I think once the dust settles from Yugoland and Moonbirds and we're in May, if this thing is hanging out there low, you know, 0. 0.2, 0.3 range, it's, it's probably a nice buy. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll continue to, to take a look at that. The, the next story is from Moonbirds. So we've talked about Moonbirds on the show. We had the blockchain guys on. We thought maybe we were early uh, or we would found a sleeper. It's, it's not a sleeper. The secret's out. This is the highest demand launch of 2022. Um, so the, the, Kevin Rose, Ryan Carson, the team basically – realized that it was going to mint out the Dutch auction at the starting price at 2.5 ETH and likely a gas war. They didn't like that outcome. So the announcement we received on the 7th was they're switching to an allow list raffle. Um, and they've posted the details. You can go to Moonbirds' page uh, and get all the info for that. Essentially to enter the raffle, you have to have 2.5 ETH in your wallet, uh, a Discord handle and a Twitter, and you have to be following them essentially to get in. Uh, that raffle does close on April 10th at 9 a.m. Pacific. So it's not a huge window. Uh, so I would definitely encourage folks who want to get into that to, to go ahead and pay attention. Um, and then they'll have a window to start minting there on the 16th. Um, so I think both of us are maybe a little disappointed, but I'm curious for your reactions to the switch here to the raffle for Moonbirds. There's no good solution when you have such a, project in, in high demand and at even at a 2.5 ETH price point, I would say you're a guaranteed profit. So even if you're watching and you don't care about the show, if you do have 2.5 ETH that you have in your wallet, you can still enter this raffle. You could just flip it. Um, I, I, I would be very surprised if, if buying this at 2.5 is a losing play anytime, you know, through May, for example. Um, I don't know. The the 2.5 Dutch auction was just going to mid out with crazy gas. I kind of like to higher price point maybe and then let the market decide. But again, um, 
it might not have even got to a level where I would buy. It's possible it just mints out at 10 or something mm -hmm. where that prices people out. Here, they're, they're trying to do a better chance of getting distribution to, to more people than just whales. Um, yeah. it's, even though it's 2.5 ETH, like there's, there's definitely a whole other tier beyond that of people that can spend 10, like no problem. Um, and, you know, on multiple mints. I don't know. I'm not, I, it seems fine. You know, I entered, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I uh, win the raffle. Yeah, similar. And Kevin Rose posted a really thoughtful video on his Twitter kind of explaining the decision. It's nine minutes long. I mean, it's hard to, to dislike the guy. It was just such a thoughtful, he explained all of the different outcomes and scenarios and why they made their decision. And ultimately they don't want the whales to dominate. I think this is the fairest way for everyone to get access to one Moonbird, which is, I mean, really it, it, it's the best approach. Um, the only reason I was at this point, of course, I was selfishly hoping to accumulate more than one of these uh, in the Dutch auction, um, which, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe that was even foolish and the bots were going to get them all anyways. Um, I would be happy with one. And the other thing with the Moonbirds, you get the rewards the longer you hold it, essentially. Right. So I'm, I'm hoping hoping for the, the mint price. But if I have to buy on secondary, you know, up to a certain point, I'm a buyer and I'm just going to park it uh we've seen diamond hands pay off a lot of times in this space this project is explicitly saying we're rewarding diamond hands so to me that's how i want to play it um if i somehow got more than one um like a cheap secondary or something i, I i'd be more um like free with the second one to to get rid of it but i want to hold one long term ideally Yep, i'm with you and we'll have a deeper breakdown of moonbirds next friday hopefully we're both celebrating having won the raffle it'll be announced on the 13th uh, so we'll, we'll stay tuned next week. Um, last top news story, Logan Paul getting into the fractional business. He announced launching his new company, Liquid Marketplace, um, which is essentially a, a fractional platform, but not just for digital assets and NFTs. He also has physical collectibles um, in here as well. Uh, so he has a little promo video. He highlighted some of the highest profile items. There's a rare Pokemon card. Um, a rare Pokemon box. There's um, tons of great uh, sports cards. There's a Michael Jordan card. There's LeBron rookie card, all in mint condition. Um, and then there's a, a CryptoPunk. I actually haven't gone into some of the other NFTs that are in there, um, but I thought this was interesting to see. Um, you know, just curious, just 10, 30 second reaction to Logan Paul getting into fractional business. I'm more interested in the physical side, to be honest. Like if you can basically, I can trade shares of like a Jordan as an NFT. Like that's kind of interesting, whatever this, or like uh, the Pokemon box. But um, so far, people don't really care about fractionalized NFTs themselves. Mm -hmm. And so uh, until that trend changes, that's going to be kind of my outlook on it. Yeah, that's definitely true. We all thought that fractional was going to level up the high-end elite grail NFTs, that has not been the case at all. Um, so I'm curious what impact this will, this will have. So we'll, we'll stay close to Liquid Marketplace here. All right, let's move on to some of the, the weekly movers. We covered the top end. I just want to briefly talk about kind of the next level and where some of that Azuki money ended up flowing. There's definitely an anime 2.0 season playing out right now. Uh, with Akuma Origins doing 7,000 ETH this week, Kiwami Genesis doing 7,000, and then Everi, maybe the biggest winner of them all, uh, doing 4K ETH. Uh, Everi seems to have the whole Azuki community 
behind it right now. That was a 0.3 mint. It ran all the way up to 1.2. I think it's sitting around one right now. Uh, Akuma is another one that surprised me. We'll head over to its page here. It had a bearish reveal. Let's just go to it now. Um, we'll, we'll show the, the art. Um, it revealed, I want to say Wednesday, the floor dropped below one. And it looked like it was just kind of going down. And it, it's bounced back. It's back to 1.2. I think the high pre-reveal was 1.5. Uh, so it seems to have turned around a little bit. Um, this one interested me. I was getting some on one vibes from this, like on one cross anime. Um, it's got the gorilla type artwork uh, tied to it as well. I'm not really a, a huge fan, um, but curious if you have been following Akuma, Eberai, no. or any of the anime projects. I never even heard of it. Uh, I'm out at this at this price. It, like I'm not trying. Like look, last anime season um which started right after the azuki launch um all of the can't miss people thought these were next blue chips lives of azuna uh i forget what else they all were a huge 90 percent loss type play so yeah i don't know i'm out i'm with you yeah no i i feel the same way with with these two huge drops coming up i think every new project is hot potato right now very um, and if you think you can uh, outperform, outtime some of the savvier traders, go for it. But it is a risky game to play right now. And I think if you like these projects, I think my pers- but you also want to play these other two, I would say just you know maybe sit on your ETH, accumulate, and revisit these in May. I think you're going to have a more attractive entry point. Um, and a, a different one, and a little bit of the the play to earn or passive income, the Squishyverse. I know this is a project that you've been following. I think I saw them there, what, top of the board on the passive income rankings this yeah. week. Um, and that's propelled their price. They're sitting at 0.27, very profitable from Mint. Maybe you've been close to this. Give us a quick overview. Yeah. So it made it at 0.065. I think it ran up to like 0.12, 0.14-ish pre-reveal. It, it hit 0.05 post-reveal. Um, in my opinion, I, some of the floor pieces aren't great. It's a lot of the, the set, I think, is really good. I really like Clover's art, uh, the artist behind it, but I think some of the floors were like not potentially up to the same level of the rest of the set, but the team has been relentlessly executing. They've launched um, their website with staking. You can stake the squishes you earn slime. They have uh, an LP rewards. They have single-sided staking rewards. They have an animated show coming out April 16th, I believe, same day as the Moonbirds. Uh, They have a game coming. She's working with good devs that worked on um, Sappy Seals. So it's kind of like, it's very, very good at the social media, uh, constant communication, constant hype. It's really like um, a lot of the boxes people want to see in this space are being checked off by this team. Uh, And the art is really cute. It's, and so I think that this actually has pretty good potential. Um, It hit hit like 0.3 yesterday, 0.33. but I, I am feeling like a little FOMO, even though I have like a decent position in these. So if it does drop further, maybe into the teens or something, I'm going to look to um, accumulate some more. Uh, I'm definitely a buyer here over a seller. Nice. Well, very interesting. Love to see the teens and the founders who just keep shipping and ship early. I, we know this the attention economy uh, yep. is most important right now. And the slime token's holding up, right? It's got a decent uh, price tag it, on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, it was like a quarter billion 
uh, fully diluted value yesterday. The day before I sold some, I sold like for 0.3 what I'd staked. And then uh, it was 135 million fully diluted. So it's doing, there's liquidity. There's, um, you know, we'll see what they pull off, but like so mm -hmm. far, so good. Yeah, well, we'll definitely follow this one. And for those who are in the passive income, token NFTs with lower entry points, this is one to, uh, to look at a bit. All right, uh, we got about five minutes left. Let's switch to one of ones. So we saw two huge and big name one of one sales this week. So we're going to start with a sale from DK Motion. He mentioned this piece called Life and Death. Tagline, we were born, we live life, we face death at the end of the road, but memories of us remain and live on. We see his kind of classic animated style here with his animated characters. You know, you see this, you know, right off the bat. This is a DK motion piece. Um, and Cosmo Dimitri, uh, a familiar name for those who follow the pod or the show, he won the auction here with a 310 ETH bid for $1,002,000. Um, I think what's interesting for those who follow the auction was some of the price action. So uh, Barat made an offer at 30 ETH, Twin Dead 42 ETH, then Cosmo comes in at and jumps to, to 310. So I know you had a couple of thoughts. I'll let you share either thoughts or questions on kind of how the bidding went in here. I, it just looks weird, right? How do you go from 40 to 300? Uh, if I'm the 300, I would, why not bid 50? And is we were talking before the show, like you said, that, you know, there's definitely people like this was going for a hundred over a hundred um, is a little weird, but then Cosmo tweeted something like he reached a private deal for 300 for a million USD. Basically, I, I guess while the auction was going on, I don't, I don't, you know, pay attention much to the high end space. It just seems weird. Uh, I don't, I didn't quite get why, you, if the auction's live, why are you negotiating a private sale instead of just bidding in the auction? Yeah, you know, I'm with you. 300 seems like a lot. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Cosmo. Uh, he's got a, a tremendous collection. Um, but I understand from outsiders who think that whales are kind of propping up the prices of some of these artists. It definitely feels that way especially when we see auctions like this where competing bids are 40s and 50s and then it jumps to 300. And of course, maybe he had information that other people were ready to bid 200, 250. But I mean, we've seen the recent X-Copy auctions that don't have Cosmo or VBD in the mix are going for like 200. Um, so, you know, a new DK piece selling for 300, I mean, that's a, a huge price tag. But congrats to DK, it's a great piece. Um, congrats to Cosmo on a new piece in his collection. Um, Another big name sale from Manaloid, one of the, the premier and original you know, generative artists in the, the crypto art space. Montel, Mantel Rojo uh, from 2018 sold for 275 ETH, so $888,000 to the Punk 6529 fund. Uh, so Punk 6529, one of the best and premier collectors on his own, started a fund with some of the other top collectors um, and they went ahead and got this piece. So uh, congrats to both Manaloid and the Punk 6529 on the, the transaction here. All right. Um, I want to end the show with a few upcoming drops. Start, we're maintaining in the, the crypto and digital art space. So we've got Drifter Shoots, um, one of the premier photo artists in the space, doing his second open edition mint or second edition, man. this one is open edition. I think his first true open edition is launching Saturday at 4.09 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be open for 24 hours at a 0.2 ETH 
uh, price point. Uh, he's got his own custom website where he's doing this. So there won't be a take from a platform. And then he's going to take that 15% take that the platforms typically grab and give it to a charity in Cincinnati to help uh, those who need bail funds. So it's uh, certainly a good cause. I'm curious uh, for your take here on over under number of open editions we see at the 0.2 E. So X copy sold 7,010 minutes raised at a one eighth price. So that was 7,000 ETH or so, 7,500. Um, curious, do you think we're going to get past 7,000, right? What's your take on how many we, we meant at point two? Uh, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know nearly enough. If you say we're getting past 7,000, I'll just guess 12,000, but I have very little confidence in my guess. I think the question is if there's going to be, I think there's going to be four different pieces you can buy at point two. If it's just one piece, may, I'll probably take the under on 12,000, but if it's four pieces, I think we could probably see 20,000 or so. Um, but the, the other issue there is the potential, still the big drops hanging out and people will be willing to even part with 0.2 to 0.8, but congrats to Drift, excited for this launch. All right. Historically getting in at the floor of like an artist, I, I don't think it is a bad thing. The Fuocious paint drop, if you bought the minimum one paint for a thousand, that's a profit. If you bought in the POC merge, one for a thousand, for 600, that's a profit. Um, here it's a little different, but yeah, uh, it's interesting. I think I think it could be a good buy. No, you're spot on. It's the lowest entry to work. Where my vans go is 50, 60 ETH, right? So this is, if you like Drift's work, this is your chance to get in uh, at bottom price. Uh, a few other upcoming drops on our radar. So the Forgotten Runes Wizards, they're doing their beast drops on 412. So that one's got an ironclad community. I'm sure that will do well. The Gutter Cat Gang is releasing their next species on April 14th. The rats are coming. And then I think we're going to see two big reveals this weekend. I think the Azuki Beans are going to reveal tomorrow. And I think Monolith from Artifact might reveal tomorrow as well. So um, we'll see if that happens. And if so, I'm sure it will be a topic for our show next week. Brett, thanks for joining us here. I think that wraps up our show. Anything else you want to cover? Nope. Let's get to the next part. All right, well, we're going to take a quick uh, intermission here, and then we'll back, be back for part two with Gabe from Bitlectro Labs. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back soon.